I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of pastors in and out of the pulpit, in the community, and in their churches. We're here this morning with Reverend Chrislyn Durham. Chrislyn is at First United Methodist Church in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro is on the edge of our listening area, and so we hope that all are listening this morning from both the Upper Cumberland and in the Murfreesboro area. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. Welcome, Chrislyn. Hello, thank you for having me. Chrislyn, will you please tell us what time your services start? I know you have a lot at Murfreesboro First. We have a modern and traditional worship service that starts at 1015 every Sunday morning. Okay, wonderful. And uh, tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up, Chrislyn? I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it This is Upper Cumberland has kind of become a home for me in some ways. Um, after I graduated from high school, I actually came up to Cookville and went to school at Tennessee Tech, where I lived here for, I think, about 12 years. Golden Eagles. Yes, Golden Eagles. Did you ever know Jack Hoot? Just won the voice? I did not, but I've heard great things about him. Yeah. It's just won the voice. It's got to be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's a good singer. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> the whole country thought so. I know, right? What's your favorite memory of Tennessee Tech? Oh, that's a hard win. Um, I would have to say the Wesley Foundation. At oh, Tech. cool. Shout out to the Wesley Foundation. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah. people what the Wesley Foundation is. The Wesley Foundation is the United Methodist organization um, that is on the Tennessee Tech campus. Um, I don't remember the street that it's on. I think it's Ninth, Ninth, Ninth Street. Ninth street. Yeah. 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 What what kinds of things go on there? Well, when I was at Tech, um, we would have Monday night gathering uh, where we would have a sermon from Bud Alexander, who was our campus minister at the time. Um, and then on Wednesday nights, we would have Holy Communion together, mm. which was by far one of my favorite moments. I think that was the place where I really began to really understand what grace was. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah. I can imagine there was a whole lot of fun going on there, too. Oh, yeah, there was a whole lot of fun <clears throat> all the time. A lot of fun. Free a lot food. Of, a lot of card games till two in the morning. Oh, that's and... always fun. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. nobody has homework to do there. No, not no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you grew up in the Nashville area. How much has Nashville changed since you were a little child? I don't even know what Nashville looks like now. No, interesting. <laughs> it very blown different. Up. It really has. But it's really still... It's still a small town in some ways, um, or Nashville sometimes thinks I think is it's, it's a small town. Yeah, it's um, and it's baloney. not. <laughs> yeah, the road structure seems to suggest that oh, it yes. might perhaps not be a small a, town, yes. but no, no. <laughs> no. So, how long were you in the Nashville area before you came to uh, the Upper Cumberland? You came at college, years. yeah. And co- how did Upper Cumberland become sort of home for you? Well, um, so growing up in Nashville, my grandfather was a preacher. Okay. And um, I went to the same school that was also my church. So my whole world revolved around that one place um, and that one people, which I adore and I'm so thankful for. Um, And when I came to tech, it was like a whole new world. Um, Not not just was it a new place to live, but it was a huge school. Um, I graduated with 18 people. Wow. Um, And so coming to tech where there are way more than 18 people, Yes, um, it was an experience. Um, it was something that made me get out of my box. Uh, it was nothing I had ever known before, um, and it challenged me in a lot of ways. And so in that um, four years that I was in college and then the years following that I remained in Cookville, 
um, I grew so much and I learned so much about who I was, uh, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and it just, it was just a great experience and it, it became home. Did you miss home when you were here? Miss Nashville? Yeah. yeah. Um, I missed my family. Yeah. But I love the small town feel that Cookville is, though it's really not that much of a small town. Not anymore. Um, You know, you've got a Walmart. You've got a Publix now. We didn't have a Publix when I lived here. Um, But it was a great place to grow, and it allowed space to grow. Yeah, it's a good place. It is. Very good place. Tell us about your nuclear family. How did you grow up? Do you have siblings? I do. I have a brother and a sister. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's your favorite? I don't have favorites, (laughs) um, though my nephew will be my favorite. Your nephew is your favorite, yes. Um, My brother got married, I think, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Um, And Archer was born a year and a half ago. Oh, that's wonderful. Archer. Archer. And he has stolen your heart, obviously. He's a mess. Yeah. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't do any work for that. but Yeah, but you get to enjoy him. I do. Yeah. (laughs) And so you have a brother and a sister, you said. I do. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Do you, uh, did you get to celebrate some time with them over Christmas? I did. I went home uh, Christmas morning. Um, I got there about 11 o'clock or 1130 rather. And uh, all the family was already there. And so we just started getting all of the food put up that I had brought because we all bring different parts of the meal. And, oh, how fun. Um, What's so your part? My part was the fixings. We had chili this year. For oh, Christmas. wonderful. And so I brought sour cream and cheese and crackers. Oh, that and sounds wonderful. Cilantro and green onions and jalapeno. Oh, you you really did the fixings up right. Oh, yeah. If you're going to do it, you go all out. Wow, that's amazing. I, um, I've i never known chili for Christmas, but that's a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, it makes it easy so you can sit around and enjoy each other instead of slaving in the kitchen. It does. You're the smart ones. Well, my mother is. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there we go. Well, tell me what it's like when you go back home uh, and there are grandchildren in the house. It's weird. Yeah, I bet so. So, like, uh, are there stockings for the grandchild? This is a little, little one. I don't think so this year. I think mom decided she would do it next year because okay. he doesn't quite know yet. Right. With stockings next year, he will. Um, That's so a fun family dynamic. It It is. It really is. Um, it's been an interesting adjustment. Um, that's been something that we figured have to, we've had to figure out. A good adjustment. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yes, we all, we often like to tell my mother that Archer's her favorite and, you know, and so there like, are favorites. And then she says, I don't have favorites. And we're like. But you do. Okay. <laughs> but it's okay because it's, it's Archer, okay. right? It's the Archer's baby. everybody's course, favorite. Yes. yes. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling. We're back with Reverend Chrislyn Durham. Chrislyn is at First United Methodist Church in Murfreesboro. And Chrislyn, you were telling us that you grew up, you graduated with 18 people. It was a very small uh, close environment and that your your church and your school were uh, the same mm-hmm. and tell us a little bit about how you grew from that environment to being a pastor in the united methodist church well when i was in high school um i went to several different church um excuse me schools to see where i wanted to go to college um i had tried union university i had looked at austin p um, but when i stepped foot on the tennessee tech campus i just knew this is where I wanted to be. 
Um, and so I went to tech and then um, there was a, a girl that I had met. Her name was Casey uh, when I was in my first few days of college and we became instant friends and we started to go to all of the welcome week things together and we walked into one of the things and she had seen a friend of hers from high school and he walked up to her and said, hey, we're playing cards at the Wesley Foundation. Um, would you like to come? And I'm like, I mean, I'm pretty competitive. So all you had to say was, hey, we're playing cards. You want to come? And I was in. Um, so I walked over to Wesley with Casey and a couple of other people. And instantly I felt home. Um, you know, oftentimes people talk about home as a place. Um, and it is a place, but it's also a place where I can feel people who care um, and who are genuine and who are fun. Um, and that was that was Wesley in a nutshell. Um, and so Wesley actually, for me, was what actually helped me to find who I was called to be as a pastor. What did it feel like when you began to feel those nudgings towards pastoral ministry? It was scary. It was How old were you scary. when that happened? When I started to realize what I was feeling, I was probably uh, 19 or 20. Yeah, that's young. It is. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't know what it was because when I came to college, I had every intention of becoming a teacher. I wanted to be a high school math teacher. Um, and then I realized I was really bad at math. <laughs> um, so it it just didn't work. Um, mm-hmm. And so then I decided I wanted to be a baker. And so I was going to get a business degree and then go to Le Cordon Bleu. And, and then I realized accounting also requires math. And it was terrible. Um, and I walked into into Wesley one day and I had just taken an accounting exam. I had totally bombed it. I was upset and I was walking, I walked into the library and I sat down and I was starting to study for the final. Cause I was like, I have to ace this final. And Bud walked in to the room and he said, Chrislyn, do you have a minute? And I said, sure. What's up? And he said, um, have you ever thought about ministry? And I said, no. Um, and I said, is that all? And he said, that's it. I just felt led to ask you that question. And he walked out of the room and I was just like, whatever. And I went back to what I was doing. Um, but then I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake that question. Have you ever thought about ministry? Um, so that was, that was something for me that just was the starting point for that. And then how did it feel when you said yes to that question? Scary. Terrified. Is it still scary today? Oh, there are always going to be moments, I believe. Yeah. And I think that's okay. What's your favorite part of being a pastor? Pastoral care. Yeah. Um, Loving people. Yeah. I never would have thought that uh, being with people when they are walking through the worst moment of their life would be as holy and sacred as it is. It's a holy honor, isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. How do you separate from that when it when it gets really, really hard? How do you maintain your boundary in order to be an effective pastor to folks? Um, Sometimes I go out of the city of Murfreesboro. That helps to just get away. Um, But oftentimes I just go to the movie theater. Oh, very nice. What have you seen lately? Oh, I've seen quite a bit lately. I've seen Frozen 2 several times. (laughs) How many times? Uh, I think it's. Three now. Three now. Okay. That's a so, lot of times. It is. But, 
you know, I have um, AMC's, um, I can't remember the name of it, but I pay $20 a month and I can see three movies a week. And it's perfect for me um, because I see at least two movies a month. Do your movies, uh, do they ever make their way into your sermons? All the time. Yeah. Um, I've I've, I've also seen the Mr. Rogers movie. Um, I think it's Will You Be My Neighbor? Yes. With Tom Hanks. And oh my gosh, like, I mean, he embodies Fred Rogers. Um, I really want to be Fred Rogers when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody in ministry does, I think. Right. Yeah. He sets a great example for us. He does. Yeah. He really does. So your calling, how is that uh, moving you today? How is it moving me today? Mm -hmm. You know, there are moments when, um, when I can't feel or see or know what's coming next. And that's terrifying. Um, But there are other moments when even in the midst of not knowing what comes next, you know that God is there. And as long as I can feel that, as long as I can know that God is there, um, the call is not as scary. Um, it still has those moments where you're like, I don't know what to do or how to do this, but God will get me through this. It's a call of faith, isn't it? It really is. Which for me, I'm a control freak. So, um, it's really hard sometimes to just have faith. You know, I want to make sure everything is laid out and ready to go. And that's not the way this works all the time. Sometimes you're just stepping out in faith yeah, and hoping and praying that God takes it from here. God always does. It's amazing. Yeah. There are many of Sundays that I get up to preach a sermon and I will think, oh, this sermon is not going to be any good. And then at the end of the service, somebody walks up to me and says, wow, that really touched me. And I'm like, that was a total God thing. (laughs) Um, And it really is. So have you ever stepped in the pulpit to preach and then the sermon that comes out of your mouth is not what you prepared that week? Um, I don't know that I've ever done that, but there are things that people have said that I have said, and I did not say that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how you heard that because yes. I didn't say it, but Correct. if it works for you, that's great. Go with it. Oh, yeah. But that's- there is always a moment when I climb in the pulpit where I can just feel God taking over and I'm just the vessel. Yeah, that's cool. And it's it's one of the coolest feelings, um, even in the moments when... I don't think it's a great sermon. God just does God's thing. That's so cool. I think it's funny that you said when you climb into the pulpit, because for all of our listeners out there who don't know, Kristen's really short. <laughs> and so I, I have this vision of you actually climbing into the pulpit. Well, so. in Murfreesboro, the, um, <laughs> the pulpit is two steps up. Um, and Two then steps. they had to make me a special step because they that. couldn't see me over the pole. It's the Chrysalis step. It was a floating head. At one I point. love it. <laughs> I think that's amazing. Yes. I love it. That's so wonderful. All right. Chrysalis, we're, uh, we're going to take a break now. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Dana Hornby and you are listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we're back with Reverend Chrislyn Durham. And Chrislyn would like to share a motivational moment. So in Matthew, it talks about um, how we should love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Over this last um, week or so, it has been a little bit chaotic, as you might guess, with it being the Christmas season. Um, It can be a little chaotic in the church specifically, but also in the world around us. 
on Sunday, I began my week with what we call the longest night service. It's a service where um, it allows people to just come together um, to grieve, to deal with whatever emotions they may be feeling that may not be emotions that are necessarily acceptable um, this time of year because of the Christmas season. The expectation is that everybody has joy and excitement, and not everybody feels that. And so it, it was just a moment for them to be together, um, for all of us to be together, um, and to just experience life in that moment, to cry, to laugh, to grieve, to find joy, to even just experience being present in that moment. So I went from that to Christmas Eve, which is a moment that's full of excitement, full of joy, full of experiencing this new birth, this exciting day. And then you go to Christmas Day and and also it's exciting. You know, you're ex- experiencing that that birth, but you're also experiencing time with family maybe that you don't see every year. You're experiencing time opening presents, just being with one another. And then yesterday, um, I came back to Murfreesboro for a funeral. This week, the emotions have gone from joy to sad to joy to sad. But one of the things that I have experienced in watching everybody actually live into this call to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, Christmas is one of the best times to see that because it's so clear especially on Christmas Eve as you gather together, I've also had the opportunity to see what it's like to truly love your neighbor as yourself, to truly love God and love neighbor, to to be with one another, to laugh with one another, but then to bring a meal to somebody because they lost a loved one, to be present with someone in that moment when they are at their worst, to simply pray with them, to love them in whatever form that looks like. For me, it doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't get much better than watching people actually live into this call to love God and to love one another. At the end of many times that I pray on a, any given Sunday morning, one of the phrases that I will sp- that I will say is, May the people that we meet see Christ in us, and may we see Christ in them. So I hope this week as we go throughout, in whatever ways that you are meeting people, engaging with people, that you will look to see who Christ is inside of them, and that hopefully they will see Christ in you. And in seeing Christ in you, may they see your love for God and your love for each other. I'm Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're back today with Reverend Chrislyn Durham from First United Methodist Church in Murfreesboro. And Chrislyn, this is my favorite section of the show because I get to ask you questions and and you have to answer them. So it's so much fun for me, although there is a bit of grace for you. Okay. You can... Um, you could pass on one or, you know, plead the fifth on one because we, we don't want to incriminate the good reverend. Right. So <laughs> I find it interesting that you said you like movies and that you may have seen Frozen multiple times. And so I want to start by asking if you could be Anna or Elsa, which would you be? Or Olaf. We're going to put Olaf in there. Oh, totally Olaf. Totally um, Olaf. You know, this film, I won't give anything away, um, but in this film, I really love 
who Olaf has become. Um, he's become more mature. Olaf and it's, grew up. It's hilarious. Wow. Um, because he kind of has this concept or idea that when you grow up, you know everything. Um, <laughs> and there's even a song about it. And it's incredible. But it's hilarious. But the thing that I love most about Olaf is that he can become different um, shapes. And so when he's playing charades, it's a sure win. Um, wow. Which I love. But I Olaf, definitely. Okay, so question number two. Let's see. If you were at Hogwarts, which house would you be? Gryffindor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorting hat would sit on your head mm-hmm. and say Gryffindor. Why? What's Gryffindor about you? Well, um, what's interesting is I'm a huge Harry Potter. Um, like, I'm a Potterhead in every way possible. I actually taught a class this past year on Harry Potter and God. It's um, wonderful. For like eight weeks, and it was fantastic. And we talked about lots of the different themes that can connect God to Harry Potter. And, you know, a lot of people are like, how in the world can you do that? Um, and there's just so much there to use. Um, but Gryffindor specifically, I, I think I'm courageous. I'm sure you um, are. You know, I think there are moments when I would not have said I was being courageous when I did something. But when I look back, I can see, oh, wow. Yeah, that was courageous. That was a bold move. Um, and so I, I would say the courageous part of Gryffindor um, would I'd probably have a little bit of Slytherin in me, too, just mm. to be honest. Everybody needs a little Slytherin. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think for a, a female in pastoral ministry, you have to have some uh, courageous spirit mm-hmm. to be able to do that, to be a female in any male-dominated field. Yes. Um, okay, Chris Lynn, if you could have, let's say, for example, an invisibility cloak, or um, you could be like Wonder Woman and have... An invisible airplane. Which would you have? When I left the Wonder Woman movie, I felt like I could conquer the world. Yes, you are Wonder Woman. I mean, you just walk out and you're like, I don't need anybody. I got this. (laughs) Um, So so there's something there about that. But I kind of like the idea of having an invisibility cloak. Because there are moments that... You're like, if I could just be in that room and hear that conversation. Oh, that would be fun. Wouldn't <laughs> yes. There are so many conversations I, I would love to hear. <laughs> okay, question number three. When's the last time you've been pulled over by the police? Oh, I think it was my last year of seminary. <laughs> but I wasn't pulled over. I just had an accident. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember the last time I was pulled over. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Question number four. If you could uh, have dinner or dessert, like you could have a meal or you could have sweets, which would it be? A meal. What meal would that be? Oh, that's hard. Um, I'm Well, since I'm in Cookville and anytime I'm in Cookville, I go to House of Thai. Yeah. I would have Drunken Noodle from House of Thai. Oh, yum. Well, I'm interested because you said you like to bake. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you, what do you like to bake? Well, I like to bake most anything. Um, I don't like chocolate. That's so weird. I know. I'm super weird. You don't um, like chocolate at no. all. Every now and then I may crave, like, a Milky Way bar or a Butterfinger, but it has to have something else with it. I can't do a Hershey's No Hershey's bar. Kiss? Like even a kiss? Mm, uh, with the with the Hershey's Kiss, I can do the one with the caramel or the cherry cordial. My Lord woman, how do you function? Uh, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. 
Yes, it is the fluid of bliss. Yes, it is. It is fluid of motivation. Oh, yes. It is fluid of comfort. Yes, it's delicious. Wow. Um, but I love to bake because I love to give to people and to see mm. their face when they eat it. See, that's very that's nice. That's the best part is Aww. when they say, mm, that's good. And I'm like, yes, I did it. <laughs> Wonderful. So. That is amazing. Okay, Chris Lynn, if, um, if you could throw a dinner party, because we know you like to mm-hmm. be in the kitchen, and you could have uh, any three people, any three, oh. uh, dead or alive, <laughs> who would you invite to your dinner party? There's a part of me that says, I feel like I should use the Jesus card. No, you can't use the Jesus card. <laughs> no, Jesus card. Like this I mean, th- it would be fascinating to have Jesus at my table with two other people. Yeah. And to just have a conversation just about life and love and all okay. of the things. Yeah, but no Jesus um, card. Sorry. Okay, so no yeah. Jesus. Okay, so let's go with uh, Walt Disney. Ha, yes. Um, Julie Andrews. Walt Disney and Julie Andrews. And, Who would the third person uh, be? Ooh. Oh, man, there's so many people that I would want to meet. Okay, I'm just going to say I would be free for dinner with Walt Disney <laughs> and Julie Andrews. I mean, you can be at that table, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, if they it were would third be person, awesome. who, who would the third person be? There's a part of me that says I would love to meet Donald O'Connor. There you go. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. a wonderful dinner party. Oh, my gosh, that would be so much fun. Chris Lynn Durham, you are absolutely delightful. And the people of First United Methodist Church in Murfreesboro are so fortunate to have you. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. I'm Dana Hornby, and you've been listening to The Calling.